Hello, and welcome to Plastic Platforms, episode number nine. We're back once again. I know it's not two weeks, it's been three weeks. That's my fault, I apologise. I was busy last week. And we're back again. Welcome, Centurion. Have a nice chat. Right? Man, I know, we're all freaking busy, man. As soon as the summer, like the heat hit here, you and I got busy both on opposite sides of the world man but still it's it's going to be a good monday it's going to be a great conversation it's time to have some positivity and uplifting thoughts that is true but i will bring some negativity but mixed with some positivity do you know what though let's it's more like we're just gonna at least have the negativity towards something as simple as gaming and not none of the crazy shit that's going on Exactly, but if you won't, if you're listening after the fact, uh, on Spotify, please share it out. Um, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review as well and share it out, it helps downloads. And if you're on YouTube, leave a comment. Uh, we're now live, so um, yes, um, yeah, so today, Gears of War esports is over after 13 years. Coalition and Xbox have decided to pull the plug on a Gears of War esports. How does that make you feel? <laughs> well, I don't watch it, you see. Uh, I, I watch some of it. The problem is, it's just shown that basically they, they stopped Gears 5 support. Uh, they stopped updating the store. They stopped doing events in, in, in game. That's why, that's why I don't play it. So now this the kind of they've shut the because I know some of the coalition uh, army partners where you can you can be a content creator. I um I know a couple of them, Raw and SS Shadows from the UK, and they said the program's not in not currently active. Um, that is, was a good program. They get like skins and stuff early, but that's not active now. Um, basically, everything's. Everything gears-wise, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised I've not just turned the gear servers off and said, hey, you, we're just going to turn them off. Um, and the gears... The problem is, though, it's like when they bring Gears 6 back, if they want the eSports, e- the problem is the majority of them players are going to probably, because they're pro players, have probably adapted and moved on to a different game and probably earning far more than they were playing Gears. They'll probably move, they'll move on. I don't think it was a wise move shutting down Gears Esports because I've not really got much hope. I've not really got, I've not got a lot of hope for um, Halo, to be honest. Uh, Halo Esports. Because that's not been going 13 years. That should, that's only recently started back up again. That has. And to give it a chance, it, it, might, it, might, it might do well. It might, who knows? But um, I don't play Gears much. As much as I talk about it, I just thought I mentioned it because Gear Esport, Gears Esports is over. I don't know when it's ever going to come back, if it ever comes back. But the problem with Gears Esports, it's hard for people to follow because it's not like COD, it's not something really simple. The game is not simple. Call of Duty, you generally get it like search and destroy. It's quite easy. Whereas Gears, it's a lot of people find it difficult even playing the normal normal game. They do. It's got quite a high skill gap. 
But the problem is if they don't leave that skill gap in, it's just like playing it's just like playing another gears. Uh, another call of duty another call of duty, sorry, it is. Um I don't know what the future holds, to be honest, for, for esports and gears in general. I don't I don't know what to say to you. I don't know when it's gonna come. Uh, I thought there was going to be a Phoenix collection. Obviously, there wasn't. Uh, it's my fault for believing insiders. That is. That is. Um... See, I don't know. It's really interesting that if we really look at the idea of trends, um, and I'm only saying this because of just what I see when it comes to like, when you see what, what is trending for a company and what I mean by trending, what they like to do. Um, it's like, let's first take a look at the first thing that happened. Let's look at Forza Horizon, uh, four, uh, with for Forza Horizon four, we saw the game yeah. become completely online, um, at that point. Um, and basically almost like became like just a smidge like games as a service. It's not like a true games as a service game, but it is an online game. There is services provided towards you. There's an online community. It it just seems like that was the direction they wanted to go for Forza. They went that direction with Halo. Now we have Halo infinite um, going obviously free to play games as a service other than uh, the campaign, which is obviously locked behind the paywall or game pass. Um, and so obviously another thing is games as a service, or at least going down that path as games as a service. And we all saw that they are wanting to also rebrand Forza Motorsport as almost like the same with, uh, what has happened with the horizon. Uh, they wanted to have more of an online, uh, service style model. If we look at trends, things that Microsoft likes to do. I'm pretty sure the next iteration of game of Gears of War is probably more than likely going to be a rebranding of what people are used for, or what people from what people are used to to probably something different now. Um, we all know that there is a Gears of War um, television show or whatever in in the works, or at least it's been talked about, and um, we all know that. Microsoft did that with Halo. They could potentially do it with Gears of War. And in which case, we already know from what we've seen with Halo Infinite that Microsoft is changing the demographic or the intended target for Halo. They're not out there trying to capture the hardcore first person shooter market where people are just wanting to go skull crack each other and, and shoot each other everything all day long. They're almost like focused on more of a, uh, I've never liked the term casual, but I'm more, we're just going to say more of an average gamer, somebody that isn't frothing at the mouth for halo content, frothing at the mouth for, for lore accurate games. Basically, the type of consumer that just loves to enjoy what is put out and the content that is created around it. And dude, regardless of how people feel about Halo Infinite on a on a strictly hardcore fan base level, um, that that's where they're not under like they're really not really grasping the concept that Microsoft appreciates you 
but at the same time, the franchise was not growing. It was stagnating. And when your fan base is no longer growing bigger, you have a problem. And yeah. that's where you need to do something to increase that fan base. And by basically creating a product that's more appeasable to a larger group of people, it is what it is. And it's probably going to find its way into the Gears universe. Um, we already see them wanting to rebrand um, the mic. Uh, what is it? The Master Chief Collection. There's They're starting to kick around the can of the idea of microtransactions making their way into Master Chief Collection. So. Yeah, but it's no surprise, though, because everyone goes on about the microtransactions in the, the recent Gran Turismo game, and they're really bad. But what people fail to understand is Microsoft, well, because although everyone keeps using Xbox name and it's on Xbox, but they really, if you look at the whole division, Phil's, it's Microsoft Gaming. So if you look at Microsoft Gaming division, like Xbox as a whole, right, they are masters at aggressive monetization methods. This, this news that they want to play about in the Master Chief Collection should be no surprise to anybody. They like to out of all the games, um, they own why. I'm not. I'm not on about Bethesda because I know uh, ESO. They they're quite aggressive there too. But Gears were the ones they really targeted. They used Gears Five as a pet project for, for um, Game Pass. They did, and it's 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 a shame. What the the problem is. Like I, I, I do agree with what you say. There's going to be a rebrand, but the problem is, they will be scared. They will be shitting themselves with this with this rebrand. If they change the game up too much, they will be terrified because they had a nice idea in Gears Five of a mode called um, what's that mode they made in Gears Five? A new one. They've shut it down recently. Um, Hive Busters? Uh, there was a mode where you could build maps in Gears 5. Oh. A special mode, weren't there? I'm trying to think. Um, I can't think what it's called at the moment. Hive. It, you had to be. You made a. You had to go into a hive. It wasn't a Hive Busters. That was a DLC, weren't it? No, Hive Busters originally was a game mode. Oh, it's actually called Hive Busters. Yeah, the map- it was the game mode called Hive Busters, and then there was DLC called Hive Busters. Yeah, uh, so that failed. That did that that mode. Um, it's a nice idea. It would have been great though. What they should have done, and it's kind of like, kind of like Forge mode. They should have offered the access for people to make their own horde mode maps, their own multiplayer maps, and then done a rotation and put it into the main game. That's what they should have done, gone a step further. But, um, but yeah, shout-outs to Pixel Slapper. And you've changed your name. I'm trying to think. You're now called Dis- Dis- Dystorbium. Oh, how do you say that? I know who it is. I'm trying to think of his old name. He's gone and changed his name, yes. Oh. I was going to say, I've heard of Pixel Slapper before. No, the other guy below him in chat. You say it, I can't read it. 
Disturbium. Disturbium. I'm trying to think of his old name on on Twitter and YouTube. He's changed it. Let me know your old name. I can't hmm. remember it. I do know. But yes, um, you are right. They will try and rebound. But I'm... Yeah, yeah, it's Jamie. Yeah. Uh, you're right, Darren. Welcome. Um, they will a rebrand. They will be terrified to do because I'm one of them. I say gears needs to change. But I don't mean it um, because it has to change to bring in a wider audience. It does. Can I at least point out one, like one instance of change that at least benefited me? Yeah. Um, And telegonic. (laughs) That's it. Telegonic. He was then called. Yeah, that's it. Um, For me, it was when they did the the essentially the rebranding or the reconceptualization of God of War. Um, I, I remember watching friends play God of War back in the day. Um, I know they're probably, people are going to be like, you're just an Xbox guy and you probably didn't like it to begin with because of it. I, I was never always an Xbox guy. Um, PlayStation, actually did have a you know does have a place in my heart there's games there that i really love to enjoy um but for me god of war originally was not my cup of tea um that's why um i i kind of have been outspoken in saying what i have in the past about the director and how i, I just don't agree with like you know apparently apparent i don't agree with how apparently he still has influence in the gaming industry considering he hasn't made a game in years and he made a game that was actually very unappealing to me. Um, and now when we play the rebranding of, of God of war, the recreation, the open world, the story dynamic, what they've done for me, how they've uh, brought Hollywood actors like Christopher judge into it, just the reconceptualization of God of war brought me into God of war. Because what was bef- what would have been be created before didn't really appeal to me. Um, and I guess you would say I'm a, a casual PlayStation fan if you want to throw a label on it or put me in a box. Um, and that's where, you know, if you look at it, God of War stagnated. It wasn't bringing in new fans. The third game had came out. It was um, a one and done. Uh, it made it to PlayStation's greatest hits. People... Um, did talk about it but it just it just felt like there was no hype left for god of war after god of war 3 and it just kind of went into this realm of you know this is what made playstation great and then all of a sudden the the remake comes out the and with i think cory didn't cory Bor, uh, cory barlog do the do the game the the one that uh, we're all that basically was like God's gift to gaming the the ten out of ten that came out in like twenty seventeen or something like yeah, that tw- yeah yeah twenty eighteen he was the main one but the, but they have loads of directors they do so oh, but he that's... was the one but he seems to be like a figurehead now for Sony Santa Monica I don't no, even exactly know, I don't even know if it it's not his game and you got the Walker in it's not I think he's just a figurehead now the the, the guy that the, the face of, face of the social media I believe he is. So, um, uh, welcome to Dreadpool. 
thanks for popping in and Darren I've always said and see this is where I've always been uh publishers writers okay yeah so this is where it kind of throws me off when it comes to uh I do not understand why directors sometimes get more credit than they deserve. I understand that they have a vision. I understand that they help keep control of the product that's going to be put out. And you are a true artist as a, um, as a director and you can really control and sculpt what something looks like. Um, but in the case of movies, games, hell, even in music, some of these superstars get a little like these singers get help. They have songwriters that help them write these songs because face it, just because you have a beautiful voice does not mean that you have the talent for actually creating a song that actually has meaning and flows. Well, you sometimes get a songwriter involved. Um, and in the movie and game industry, you have these really cool individuals called writers that are in the background that actually help carve out a lot of ideas and that's where I have to chuckle at the God of War situation on how literally the entire world revolves around Corey Barlog and David Jaffe. And apparently these guys are the guys for God of War. But when you start bringing up the fact that God of War was actually wrote by an award winning, uh, an award winning female writer. All of a sudden, people are like, no, 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 no. We don't want to talk about that. And they're like, no, let's talk about it. Let's bring that up. Because the same writer has been involved in God of War since God of War 1 all the way up to now. And she gets little to no credit. But for some reason, we're all out here dry humping Corey Barlog's leg and Jeff David Jaffe's opinions. Yeah. I, I, I just yeah. feel like that recognition needs to go towards the person who has really been fundamental in keeping the, the, the concept of the game alive because the person writing it knows the lore, knows the stories from before, knows how to, to weave them together. And the writer is always the one that really knows how to connect the dots. And with the director's help, they can get this vision on screen. Um, me and my wife were talking about it the other day. Um, the average director goes into an editing studio and sits on a chair and points at the points at the the television screen or the computer monitor saying, I want this, that, and the other. And the editor is actually the one that's over here doing all the blood and sweat and tears into manipulating the software and, and, and basically splicing these, these frames together and creating this, this great big motion picture. Yes. The director is an important figurehead of creating a beautiful work of art, but we also have to acknowledge the fact that he has people helping him do it. Um, the, you, right. you know, this isn't like, I'm sorry, but Corey Barlog and David Jaffe and directors that try to rely on becoming famous, more famous than the team that helped them. They're not George Lucas. George Lucas wrote Star Wars. George Lucas directed Star Wars. George Lucas built industrial light and magic to create the technology that was necessary for Star Wars to look like it did. That is basically being a, a fundamental figurehead in your creation because your creation would not exist if it wasn't for 
doing, you know, just more than directing something. You had to act. George Lucas actually had to sit down with friends of his and people he knew in the industry to create to create these special effects that were possible. Like if you actually look at it, uh, George Lucas and his team over at ILM helped create the concept of green screen. Back in those days, it was done on a blue screen and wires and all this other stuff. And it later evolved and developed into green screen effects. And if you actually look at how um, his company at the time, because it was still Industrial Light and Magic, when Jurassic Park came out, Jurassic Park was supposed to have stop motion animation with uh, with claymation. Could you imagine watching the dinosaurs made out of clay Sorry, like, like it was back in the 80s? It, it would have not worked. Dread Paul uh, said he disagrees with you. George Lucas did not direct Star Wars. The original? Like the very first one? I don't know. Now, no, but that's the only thing. Dreadpool has a right to correct me because I know a little bit about Dreadpool's past. I know a little bit about what Dreadpool has done in the in the in the background of his own professional life. And if Dreadpool is correcting me, he has every right to. I will not go into on how he knows it, but like I actually he has shown me photos of stuff and what in some of his past. So yeah. Um no hey, what, that, what what Dreadpool one day. You're gonna to have to. Uh, what's it called? You ever get to meet up with with a centurion one day? You you got more chance of meeting up with centurion than I have. See, that's for me. Like, I actually like watching stuff. Like, I know George Lucas. Uh, I know he's not get God's gift in movies at all. He's just done at least the uh, same with great things. Uh, yeah. Like now we're talking about the aliens movie. If we get into James Cameron. Uh, James Cameron directing Aliens. Yeah, that movie was a freaking war for him. Um, you know he had, you know, it's actually kind of like in your, because it was actually one of the first big motion pictures where uh, over at Fox, uh, like that's what James Cameron and his wife at the time, who was also his executive producer, went to Fox Studios and said, "Hey, we have this freaking great idea on how to make the the to." meet more of a budget for the film because they were aiming for the film to be like around 15 million dollars which is very low compared to today's standards um they wanted to film the the aliens movie aliens the sequel to alien in uh the british studios i believe it was over at pinewood studios in britain and oh, that's where he ran into a lot of budding heads between the two cultures of American yeah. filmmaking and, and British filmmaking, um, you know, and that's where you kind of see, like, I never knew that James Cameron could be a raging asshole until I, I watched the documentary and read more about, um, uh, 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 read more about the, what he went through to direct that movie and how, directing that movie helped him grow as a director because he was completely unaware of even the concept of tea time when he was uh, like learning to do movies. And the funny part is if I'm correct, James Cameron was actually more of an artist or like a prop master uh, at film school. And then he got his shot at being a director and he did a very good job. Um, and that's where in, in the American film school, it was, balls to the wall seven days a week you basically uh ate sleep and used the bathroom in the film industry until your movie came out and where in britain 
you had scheduled breaks. They had tea times. There was unionization. And basically, James Cameron couldn't just come in and force these people to basically, like, do his bidding. Yeah, I'm not going to argue. You, you sound, you, you know, a lot more than I do about films, definitely. See, just, that's where I get yeah. into, like, looking at it from an entertainment perspective, because, yeah, we're going down a, a rabbit hole now. Uh, he has set the first one, but also had other directors with him. Yeah, um, the rest of his assisting directors keep on track to only just his credit. But, yeah, I would have to agree, because if you actually read, it, it, a lot of people don't realize George Lucas was also good friends with Steven Spielberg. Yeah, he was getting input on on uh, Star Wars from Steven Spielberg. Um, if you actually go back to uh, the movie Willow, which was a really cool fantasy. Have you seen Willow? Have you ever heard of Willow? No, no. Wow. All right, bro. Um, if you ever get a chance over in Britain, look it up. It's called Willow. It's a really crazy uh, movie that is all fantasy. Um, it actually got Val Kilmer in it and Warwick Davis. Uh, Warwick Davis is the uh, very famous, uh, you know, dwarf actor who's known for playing Leprechaun. And also uh, he played um, Wicket in uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, he's also played uh, numerous things in um, Harry Potter, different characters. Warwick Davis is a very famous, uh, you know, obviously dwarf actor because he's only a couple oh, feet well, tall. Yes, I, I know him. Well, yeah. Yes. So he did Willow, which is he's actually the oh, main character I'm in the movie. Now. I'm interested Oh, dude, now. it's a really good movie. And if you actually watch the credits... Steven Spielberg is the director, but George Lucas's name appears in the credits as one of, I think, one of the producers because he was basically helping. Yeah, Warwick is Willow. Um, see, yeah, that this is what I mean. Now we got Dreadpool. Like, this is awesome. Um, this is where you actually get to see some of this stuff come in play because Steven Spielberg wanted to make a fantasy movie with magic and special effects. Well, hey, your best friend, George Lucas, built ILM. Let's get that involved. And we also saw, like, uh, Dreadpool mentioned Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones was another uh, movie that basically embraced industrial light and magic and what they created and the special effects they could do. Um, and, yeah, for a while there, you had people like George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and other great uh, um, directors and other people in the industry all helping each other to create these works of art. I agree. I'm, 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 I need to I need to look at this Willow film because it's uh it looks that sounds good that does and welcome Shizno Elite he's also saying Willow Willow is great. Well, if you look at the message of Willow, it was they're from a part of the world where um basically um all the people are dwarfs and they basically keep to themselves and they refer to full grown people as giants. Um and um the idea was that obviously your great warlocks and 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 uh, magic practicing people come from land of giants and the dwarves were basically associated with practicing mellow magic in other words they couldn't really do great things and that was the whole concept of him is he was an apprentice magician and um he was basically tried to go on this this journey to basically save the world and he, throughout the entire movie you see him get called names and picked on and judged by his size and there's like a fundamental message underneath this movie on never judge a book by its cover Fair play. Sounds good. Sounds good. anyways yeah i'm probably taking you down a, a rabbit hole right now 
Yes. See, now we're all we're all talking about great '80s movies. Now the ever the never ending story has popped up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That was in the roundabout way uh, about rebranding gaming, and we ended up all the right. way to movies. But it's all relevant. It is. We could see, but in movies, it's a good example. Rebranding, like, uh, let's look at Spider Man. Don't get me wrong, Tobey Maguire is a great actor. Some of the other actors that have played Spider Man in the past are also great actors. But in my opinion, I, I love the gentleman right now that at least played uh, Spider Man in the past movies. Uh, I forget his name, a uh, young actor. Uh, just did the Uncharted movie. Um, oh, um, looks like a oh, um, oh, what's his name? Looks like he's 15. Uh, what's his name? Spider Man and Avengers. Check out these Tom Holland. That's it, Tom Holland. That's it. See, Tom Holland, like the rebranding of Spider Man, uh, bringing Tom Holland into it really reinvigorated. Uh, the Spider-Man character for me and made at least the Spider-Man character for me more likable. Um, and that's why sometimes you can't really knock a rebranding um, and not really just say that, you know, changing anything is going to be absolutely bad. Exactly. I've got to try it. I've not seen that film either. I don't watch films. Honestly. See, like, I love that. That that totally hints right there with Dreadpool. I can tell you stories about these directors in the era that they were part of and created. Um, and that's where, dude, if you ever get a chance to talk with Dreadpool about his experiences in the film industry, that the day is, uh, there was no mobile to. phones with cameras on to capture any of it. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, in yeah. Ba oh, back in those days? Oh, of course. Like, it, you know, the thought of any, you know, back in those days, they never thought anybody would be interested in the behind the scenes of what people really go through to get some of this stuff on the silver screen and into people's minds. And nowadays you find out that people more than ever love listening about this stuff, but also the trials and tribulations, some of these directors and um, the, the, the film crews and the casts go through just to uh, get some of these films to exist. Exactly. It's true. It, it's crazy. It is. <coughs> it is definitely Anyways, interesting. Yeah, right back onto your gears thing. Um, well, is... could... I, I was more referring to the multiplayer, whereas I think you were referring to the campaign rebrand. Well, they're obviously going to rebrand the multiplayer. Uh, like, could you see them wanting to probably go down the road on the ideal of making the gears multiplayer free to play just like they did with halo infinite that was more like what i'm thinking because obviously shut down your esports close up everything close up shop just let the multiplayer be don't don't sit there and try to hype it anymore and i guess in a matter of speaking just let it fade into the sunset and then when you have your rebranding uh make the the multiplayer free to play have the campaign once again like Halo Infinite. Uh but no, that's not. That's not. That's no, not, but let, let, let's 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 not, let's not ruin the game. Let's not ruin the game. <laughs> See, this is where um at least if I could say with the coalition, please get out your notebook and take some notes and learn how to not step in the dog shit like oh. three. I can see a free to play mock gears, uh, Dreadpool. I can see it. I'm just saying that 
Don't get any help from 343 because they can't sort their shit out. <laughs> <than it is. laughs> Could you imagine that? The coalition tweets out, so-and-so from 343 is help, is here to help us direct the new direction for God of, I mean, for uh, Gears of War. And it'd be like, whoa, you got somebody from 343? No. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I mean, coalition are... are coalition are capable of creating uh, a top tier game on the level of uh, something Sony Santa Monica would make but it's not going to be Gears it has to be something new but I do love Gears so but coalition do have that potential where they could reach heights that no other studio could in my in my opinion within the within the Xbox ecosystem See, now, I don't want people to think I'm tearing down 343. No. 343, the studio, there is amazing individuals that work over there, talented individuals that are very passionate about what they do. But I don't care how much passion you have and how much talent you have. If the, the captain of the ship is not paying attention and not doing his job well, um, regretfully, it, it's not going to bode well um, because – they're not going to be over here saying uh, Joe Smith did an absolute excellent job of making Master Chief look great. They're going to be more focused on the fact of whoever was in charge forgot to make them have uh, a little bit more content than what was coming out. Like the, the see, yeah, see, you're getting the thing, it. Thing is, it's like I know, well, I know what you're saying, Shizno, but my. My axe to grind is more that I see the Xbox shutting all the fucking gears stuff down and just giving the budget to free for free. And now that they say they're now that's where are they just giving the budget to three four three? Is that's where I I haven't heard nothing like that. No, I'm joking, but I'm just saying because everything's shutting down gears wise and is esports gone, everything's basically been turned off apart from the servers are still there. It just looks like that they're not interested no more. Um, but they probably are. They're probably working on some great, great gears games. But I, I have, it's just I find it hard to believe that the three four three's got roughly six hundred plus staff, and games are hard to make. I understand development and everything's been delayed, and now they've got this team helping them. Certain Infinity making this new mode. What's that pushing it up to? Nearly a thousand people working on Halo Infinite. What the fuck are they doing? That's all I want to know. They've got plenty of people. If people, you know, they've got this uh, project um, priority zero for all their staff. Granted, yes. So they've got plenty of cover for when people are off. But what they're doing, I don't know. There was nothing mentioned at the Xbox showcase. And then all people have got to uh, to wait for is maybe a co-op coming in November or October. I'm not a Halo fan, though, you know, so it's just uh, I don't think the big free-to-play they, the big free-to-play vision Xbox envisioned when they released it ever it come, it, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not panning out the way that they expected it to pan out. I don't know. Like I said, I've, I've never once said that, um, that Microsoft was targeting, uh, the, the actual, like, 
I don't know, like the actual believers of the franchise, they were trying to bring in new people. So I, I would like to think that Microsoft has at least got a few of the things they were looking for when it comes to what they were trying to do with Halo Infinite. Um, I just think it's really, um, you know, with all the hype that they got from the television show and all the new eyes on the franchise, um, it was more along the lines of, um, it was like more like I wish they could have captured that lightning in a bottle and had something there um, at least to uh, to want to keep to keep the idea of people talking about Halo, because now that the now that the, the television show has pretty much wrapped up and they're now waiting for the next season, I just feel like not as many people are talking about Halo as they were. And that's where, um, you know, that's where content comes in. Um, and it just really stinks that, um, maybe that for things that we might not understand or things that were completely out of their control, they weren't able to exactly put out the amount of content that they wanted to at first, but that's where obviously it's still a playable game. I still hear people that enjoy playing it. I don't want to think it's a dumpster fire. Um, there is, uh, some really good points to halo. I just really wish uh, that it's hard to explain, man, like this whole situation, like you don't want to tear them down. You know, that three, four, three is at least trying to do a good job. I just feel that um, the employees over at three, four, three are just being a little bit more, I, I sh uh, you know, shaded by some of the more, just by a, f a small fraction of employees there that have done things that are, questionable or haven't led the team to the success well, of what it should have been i'm not gonna i'm not gonna no and now we're not going, going down that route that's why i said it's questionable i have yeah. no idea it what like i'm gonna be upfront, man with everything on social media right now and the gaming and media in general you don't really know who to believe yeah and, and that's why we're over here yeah. trying to condemn somebody over stuff that's on reddit and you're just like Wow, because yeah. we all know how factually based Reddit is. Yeah, I'm not going to bring that up because we don't know if it's fact. It's a quite serious accusations, so you don't know if they're actually true. That's the thing. Do you know what I mean? But I'd imagine that uh, Xbox would be hot on that, and there'd be there'd be an investigation to find out whether it was. Except, you know what I mean? There'd be something going on. There will be. But but yes, um, yeah. I'm just a bit bitter. I am. I want a gear. Just give me a gears, and I'll shut up. About Halo, but the problem is with free to play games. I'm not on about Halo, just all free to play games. The problem is when they first come out, they've got they've got a a lot of people will only give a free to play game a couple of goes and won't come back. So recently, um, Fall Guys were transitioned to that. Fall Guys, excellent. Uh, have you tried it, Centurion? Fall Guys, I, I haven't personally tried it, but I've I've kept up with Fall Guys since it was on place since it was exclusive to PlayStation. Uh, I've watched people play it on. I've watched people stream it. I've watched videos on it. I'm excited that it's on Xbox. Um, it's more like I'm just waiting for the moment that my wife wants to sit down and play it with me because I, I just know that's going to be a well, fun I'll tell game you what, for both me and her. Put that, put that on your Xbox, and I guarantee when she walks by, she wants to have a go because. I've also been playing it, and my wife's been playing it as well. We haven't yet managed to get a crown yet on it, which is the, the first place, but it, it's not easy. It's bloody hard. 
But he's, he's, in that game there has captured an audience. Do you reckon it's already ex- exceeded 20 million uh, people tried it? I say players, but um, I always like to say, well, 20 million people have tried it. Do you see what I mean? Because uh, there's certain companies that like to use the 20 million players insinuating, yeah, we've got 20 million concurrent players, but they don't, they just say 20 million players. You see? Yeah, you got, know, you know, can you really fall. blame them for saying it like that? Because, you know, me and you, we're in the YouTube community. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody clicks my video 10,000 times, I'm going to be over here like, yo, my video got 10,000 views. Now my watch, That's my right. watch time is total shit, but I still got somebody to click the thumbnail 10,000 times. Exactly. <laughs> Four guys is free on Epic. It was removed from the Steam store. Uh, yeah, it's probably because it's free to, I don't know. It's uh it's free to play. It's a great idea. I think obviously this happened when um, hang on. when Epic Games acquired, I believe it's made by Mediatonic. So they've been doing. Uh, that's probably happened when Epic Games. It, it is the best way to do it. And yeah, I've already bought a season pass. I have for Fall Guys. So. I'm really enjoying it. It is a game you can also play by yourself as well. It is. It's uh, this annoying little... I don't know if any of the chats had this, where some of the players try and stand at the end line and try and drag you on, bump into you to try and stop you getting to the finish line. There's a couple of people that do it. It's annoying. But it's a really fun game. It is. And I think it's going to... And i tell you what, when I go Skegness this year... Skegness, eh? Listen to this, everyone. Look it up. The four guys paid for a bench down in Skegness. I want to visit the bench. I do. <laughs> they paid for a what? They paid for four guys' official bench to be put in Skegness. They did. Four, their, their studios in in London, UK, and they paid. It's all, they got all the press and that. They got the local mayor down and everything. They made a four guys' official bench. They did. You know, like a you know, like a bench you sit on, and that like, you put it in like a park. So they made a Fall Guys bench in a park. Just a normal bench with Fall Guys thing on it, a plaque and that on it, but it's Fall, it's fall Guys bench. Right on. But they put it in Skegness. They said they're London, but I suppose it's better in Skegness than than London. But yeah, I I, I think it would be a good be a good game. Fall Guys will be. Um, I don't know. I don't know how. Because obviously I spoke to Luke Steele um, last night on Roundtable Gaming. We've done a show last night. and Because uh, obviously I asked him because he started playing it on the PC when it first came out. And um, he, I asked, how has it changed? He said, well, compared... He says, well, I'm not really... I said, are you annoyed it's gone free to play? He says, not really. It was only about 20 quid when it came out about two years ago or so. And he said, I've got, I've got some content out of it. I, I said to him, has it changed much? He said, well, yeah, no. He's just, he's just got more content, more maps, more ideas, um, and things like that. Just, just over time, added more and more and more. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I'm addicted to it. I haven't actually got a first yet. But I've been putting no end of time in it, I have. But it is it can be raid-inducing just to warn you, Centurion. It can be because 
you can just make the stupidest mistakes. You think, right, I need to jump around that. I can't, I can't don't fall off and you'll, you'll just mess up. It can be rage-inducing, definitely. But it's a very fun game, Fall Guys is. Uh, that's why I don't really get too much into multiplayer games. Uh, I don't anymore. The but... last rage-inducing multiplayer game I played, oh, excuse yeah. me, uh, was uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Ah, that's a, that's a whole different ball game, that. that <laughs> Oh my god, ain't that the truth? But I don't I don't play many multiplayer games anymore. I just thought it's a nice easy game to play. I say easy, but it can be rage inducing, but I don't really get annoyed anymore. I just uh, keep trying. It's a bit of fun. New maps every new season. Yeah. So there'd be even more. Wow, because it, it they're pretty random, but this is this is one I'm terrible at. Luke was laughing. So what happens is on the screens it shows you and on the floor it shows you where you're supposed to go. Like apple, orange, you know, which spot you're supposed to jump on. Well, I can't memorise nothing. I can't. and I, I, I just fall off because I can't remember the orders. It's like a sequence order you've got to remember. You have, and I, I hate that one when it comes on. I do. But yeah, I think it's a game that's got legs. Obviously, Epic Games knew this, and obviously, the art style is kind of like Fortnite. I would say it's kind of like that gra- um, cartoon, cartoon, that real bright color eye popping. Yeah, and they've got loads of eye popping, beautiful, amazing stuff to buy in the store too. I haven't bought any yet, but it looks cool. There's, there's, some of the season pass stuff's good as well. Oh, but obviously, it's up to level 100. It is, but uh, there is some good stuff in the store. I've not bought any yet, but it is good. <coughs> Even when Sun comes in and has a go as well. But I do think it's a game that's got legs that could be around for the next few years and be really popular. Uh, because it's it's fun. I haven't tried it with anyone else, though, like two or three other people. I've just played it myself. I have um, not. I mean, not with other people in multiplayer sessions. I've not tried that yet because I think there's a multiplayer. If I do private matches, I think it goes up to 10 people. I think. I think. I don't know. Um, but yeah, definitely get that downloaded and try it because it's, it's definitely worth it. For it sure. Is. It is worth trying. It Boomer is. reflex. I don't even know what that is. Do you not know what a boomer is? Like Generation X, a boomer? Oh, there we go. That's what he means. Like, you know, the, the generations. That's what he means. He's a boomer. Ah, okay. I don't know. Boomer. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I see, here's the problem here. I'm, I'm like 38, right? But apparently, I'm a fucking millennial. It annoys me. I looked it up. I'm a, I'm what is called a millennial. <laughs> I was born in 1984. How am I a fucking millennial? But apparently, Whoa, you're older than me. How old are you then? 86. <laughs> 86. Yeah, right. No, I was born in 86. Not, I'm not 86. Oh, <laughs> I thought you fucking about then. Yeah, no, I'm, I was born in 1984. 
Yeah, fucking millennial I am. Oh, you can play thirty. Oh, sorry, you can play uh, thirty in private lobbies. Ah, that's not bad. Mister Tushi, we're doing some community game nights. I think he's already tr- already done one with with that with um, four guys. But yes, um, but yeah, free to play. It's all good. I don't play many free to play games, but they are the games that make. I'm f- damn. I fucking missed it by a couple of years. Eh? <laughs> if I was two years older, I'd be Gen Z. You'd be better oh than God. fucking millennials. <laughs> be fucking better. Than- I hate millennial because millennials always get associated with being. Oh, it's them moaning entitled buggers and all that. Do you know what I mean? Hey, you know what, though? That's where I love breaking the mold. I'm a millennial, too. And when I get told that, when somebody tells me, they're like, yeah, millennials, blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, you know what? I tell them, too. But I hate the term. I first heard Vincent Mann say it. Millennials. Vincent Mann, you know. The guy who's not in charge anymore currently. But apparently he's still head of creative, even though he's not on the board. He's not CEO no more. Stephanie's taken over. Triple H is back with more power. But apparently Vince has still got creative control over all the storylines. Yeah, what do you reckon to? You know what I mean? Oh, Vince McMahon. My <laughs> dude. I, you love him. No, um, <laughs> I I love his I hate to say it, but I've always loved his attitude in business of you know, like it's kind of like you know, everybody's always said all is fair and love and war. Well, I yeah, Vince McMahon, in my opinion, helped make it into all is fair and love, war, and business. Um, and I will start definitely... watching, I gotta start watching AEW because it's really good, I reckon. Um, I'm telling you right now, man, from the way it's looking on social media, there's gonna be a lot of people flipping over to AEW. Yeah, because I was speaking to we were speaking to Luke uh, Luke Steele last night, and on I thought, oh, he's a massive wrestling fan. <clears throat> he, he said to me, "You can watch AEW on the Fight TV app," and he says it's really bloody good stuff. He says he said it's kind of like it's not exactly like, but it's kind of like what the Attitude Era was like uh, in some respects. He says, he says it's really good, really good wrestling. He, and um, he says, he says to me, I still need to watch it. I, I had chances last night. But he says, you want to check it out? He says, AEW is really, really good. And the guy who runs it is Tony, I think his name's Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. May have got the name wrong. But I looked him up and he's like, he's as rich as Vincent Mann, or if not richer. <laughs> he's got serious money behind him. Actually, uh, he's yeah. got money behind him, but he doesn't yeah. have as much money as people think. Um uh, I, I remember when, uh, God, I, I've heard rumors about this con guy, uh, needing, uh, people to invest in AEW because he didn't have some of the money that was needed to, uh, to basically. Was it in- that, or was it, he didn't want to risk that much? <clears throat> I don't so- know. See, that's the only thing, man. That, that that's one you got to sometimes put out risk. It's to true. have that reward and you know that's why i always la- like the one thing i just don't want to see aew do yeah is go down the route of trying to champion themselves off of the talent they were able to get to come over versus the talent they were able to create 
I believe that the the majority of their talent, from what I'm told, is um, a lot. They, yeah, they have got ex WWE. Um, they've got Jim Ross on 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 the mic. Uh, they have um, big shows there to help train. Uh, they have, but they have got a lot of talent. It's like I believe how they actually started was you had Young Bucks. Uh, you've heard of the Young Bucks, yeah? They, mm-hmm. they got. Well, they got refused. WWE basically wouldn't have them because they're too small. And I think it was them two and... Uh, Young Bucks, Jurassic Connection. Um, I'm trying I'm trying to think. Cause that, that, I think his name's like Kenny Omega. That's it. And they started AEW. But they went to Mr. Khan and... I think I think they did an event to a ticket event and they sold out the arenas and I think from there they got in touch with him and then AEW AEW was created. It was. But Cody, I believe Cody's one of them too. He was one of them until he until he left um Cody Rhodes, uh Chris uh, the, Jericho. So I looked into it, they were never shareholders. He just gave them VIP he he, he made them part of the company. But like big parts of the company, but they didn't have like shares in the business because they didn't put money. In. But I believe Cody's not part of it now because he went back to WWE. Cody so, Rhodes is his own brand. He is. Like, I'm sorry, but the minute you're flying yourself all over the world and uh, you know building your own your own brand, wrestling over in Japan, Mexico. And all the other organizations AEW around link, the world. AEW link up with them. They did just just last night uh, or early hours. AEW did a cross promotion with uh, New, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, they, it was it's a it's a link up event. It's like um, you crossover show with the, with the, with the Japanese talent. So they do their shows like you can either. Buy them on the uh, the TV shows on the fight the fight app. You can fight five pounds a month for the TV shows, and then apparently they do like four pay per views a year on the fight app. And you pay like it's old school. You pay twenty pound for the pay per view to watch it, but there, there isn't tons a year. Like there isn't like ten, twelve like WWE hours a year. There ain't. They don't do that many of them. So since we're talking about wrestling, I might as well make my confession. And we'll get it back to gaming. Um, I just the other day bought the uh wwe uh 2k 22 <laughs> nice i ain't got the money to buy it otherwise i would it's, it's, it's I, I couldn't i couldn't game. i couldn't pass it up i think it's still on sale if you're here in the united states and you can hear my voice and it interests you the nwo for life edition was being sold for 70 dollars and 40 cents digitally on gamestop and i i'll say yeah i went on gamestop's website I paid my money, got my game, got the code, went nice. on to my Xbox and downloaded it. And I mean, like that game sells on Xbox for like 120 bucks. And when I found it for like 70 bucks, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, uh, BMG bought that. Near the, I don't think he bought a code off um, ages ago, near launch, CD keys. He somehow found mm-hmm. the NW, NWO version for 90 quid. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that um, right now on... Uh, I think it's Green Man Gaming. It's around seventy. It's around almost eighty bucks for the PC version. Um, but yeah, it's like really interesting. That was, I think it's mainly due to SummerSlam coming up here soon. And I oh, always yeah. said that as as soon as SummerSlam 
came out on um was coming around that they were going to probably put the game on sale and i'm definitely glad i i waited <laughs> oh that's fair enough. uh Darren, yeah, ring of honor there it he's is bought, he's bought ring of honor as well so yeah wow there's definitely some serious talent then big time wow neat, neat. wow yeah. see i heard a rumor yeah. At least what I read on the internet that Tony Khan, if I remember the rumor right, wanted to team up with uh, Seven Bucks Productions uh, and basically buy the WWE. And we all know who owns Seven Bucks. Well, The Rock, yeah. Yes. Because everyone knows a story, don't they? Yeah, well. Everyone knows a Seven Bucks story, don't they? You know I think it, don't that's. You? Oh, I know the Seven Bucks story, and I think that's actually pretty. You know, pretty cool that you know. It is cool. Like, don't get me no, wrong. I I know he was born into that life, and there, there were the opportunities were given to him. But the funny part is, if you look at it, they the were rock, given to they were given to him. But if you look up and you, about the rock, they actually paved. I mean, the wrestlers beat crap out of him because he was giving them opportunities. He, the rock, did not have it easy. In oh no, no, the, no the way. Be- the best thing I love was when uh, Jim Ross was sitting there talking about The Rock, Stone Cold, and uh, Triple H. And like he was basically summed up. When he was asked the question on the documentary, they're like, were these guys friends? He was like, no. These not guys good. were not going out after work having a beer together. They were hella uber professional. They worked great together. But all three of these guys recognized each other as competition in the professional world. Yeah, because I always remember oh, I heard a story about Stone Cold. And when he was about wrapping his career up or near the end of it, um, he kept saying to The Rock, The Rock, he was on, he was on a plane with him, well, where are you going? You don't live here. And he was like, oh, I've got some business and that. And the whole time, all these meetings he was going to, he was setting up his Seven Books production company. Well, he, not he, only that, but he, he also... All quiet, obviously. Oh, that too, but also you got to think about it, man. The Rock, when you go in to the WWE, oh, you're you're a third-generation wrestler. This is your home. This is not my home. This is a yeah. stopping point in my life. I want to be bigger than a wrestler, and that's the way The Rock looked at it, and that's why he, that's why he grew to the heights that he did, and he peaked, and then he got into – his first role um, in The Mummy Returns as a cameo as the Scorpion King. And then it transferred into the Scorpion King movie. Then we got the rundown and the rest is kind of history that The Rock was able to show that just because you're a wrestler doesn't mean that you can move on to bigger and b- better things that can dwarf being a wrestler. Exactly. It's true. I never thought when he was first in Scorpion King that he would ever be a big actor. And now look at him. Highest paid actor in the world, I believe. Yep, Doom, another one. That's another yeah. thing people don't realize is uh, uh, The Rock uh, did a, did the Doom movie, uh, if you remember that from back in the day. Did you ever see the Doom movie? No, I didn't. Didn't know they had a movie. Oh, yeah, there's a movie based I, on this Doom. This, this I'll, is how I'll, bad I am. I'm going to tell you right now, it is nothing like the Doom of today. Um, As a matter of fact, the game, the Doom game that that movie is based after was, I think, like an Xbox 360 game that hasn't even been backwards compatibility. Oh, okay. Um, And 
yeah, definitely. I'm a, I'm going to be upfront. I'm a sci-fi fan, so I can love a B-rated cheesy sci-fi flick in a second. And Doom, I liked Doom, but that's because I've watched some pretty horrendous sci-fi movies. I'm pretty sure there's a, a vast majority of people out there that did not like what they did with Doom. Most likely, yeah. Most likely, definitely. I would have to actually agree on that. I would have to agree. Doom actually functioned more like a Dead Space movie. Yeah, I don't know. Not seen that either. I've not seen. I've not seen a lot. I haven't. I'm well, no, Dead to... Dead Space is just you know the Dead Space is the game. I've not played that either. Oh, dude! Wow. <laughs> Now, the, hey, they, that should be your back. That should be your backlog game of the year, right there. Go back and play uh, Dead Space. Right, I think it's even in Game Pass. Indie game and Luke still keeps saying that, but then they, they say, "Oh, well, there's a remake coming. Why don't you play the remake instead?" You could do the remake, but um, the funny part is, I'm concerned about that. I don't. I hope the remake does a really good homage to uh, to um, the original and really captures the essence of the original game. I really think they're going to be able to do that. Um, I just become very trepidatious over remakes um, because of like what we've seen in the past on how remakes can completely change a game. Um, like uh, like now there's starting to be stuff coming out about uh, the, the KOTOR remake. Um, and, a, and there's now starting to become some concern on whether the Knights of the Old Republic remake is actually going is actually going to hit um like it just came out on game rant and it was published a day ago and the title of it is star wars knights of the old republic remake may not be in the most experienced hands well, they reckon it won't be they're also reckoning what might not be like the original oh they already i don't think it's going to be um because um when knights of the old republic came out uh, the game was under the 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 Lucas uh, Electronics Arts batter, banner, and that is when, um, uh, what you might call Industrial Light and Magic still made video games, or at least had a video game division. Um, since uh, since Disney bought them, if I'm correct, uh, Disney has dissolved all gaming development studios under the the disney umbrella that included the ones with industrial light and magic that's why now ilm uh basically outsources the ip that's why yeah, we're seeing okay. xbox with uh indiana jones why we see star wars over on playstation um but the reason why i bring this up is when the original knights of the old republic came out um a lot of the um the game the uh the prequel trilogy was still hot in theaters and we saw those scenes of the clone troopers slaughtering the uh, the Wookiees and enslaving the Wookiees. And um, when KOTOR came out, they decided to go down that realm of where you would see basically horrible things happening to the Wookiees under like the, 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 the rule of what was going on. And definitely... Um, that's where I feel that Disney has the potential to completely fundamentally change the look and feel of the game because of what Disney does best. And Disney definitely loves to follow the trend of putting big hot button issues that are very controversial in their movies and their content. And they basically try to steer some of their, 
their entertainment value around what is relevant in the culture at the time. And that's where people are actually worried that Disney might potentially, whoever is making this game, Disney could have potentially had some requirements that certain things had to be changed and match up with what some of the world issues of today. Yeah, I can see that. I can. Um, to answer your question in chat, I've just looked up the Dead Space remake and I believe it's on the original. It says to, of the 2008 uh, game. It's just the one game in Tits and Turbin, uh, the remake. Right, but um, I don't know. I just hope they stick to the story. That's where I thought the first game was very, very innovative. The The concept of those claustrophobic dark hallways with the flickering lights and the creatures that would crawl out of the vents and the the idea of, you know, everybody at that time was like, oh, it's a creature with a head. Aim for the head. And then you would find out that aiming for the head was actually one of the most detrimental things you could do in that game because it would not slow them down at all. It was more along the lines of strategically figuring out, okay, I got to blast this thing in the kneecap to just slow it down. So you shoot its legs out from underneath it. It's now dragging itself across the floor at you and you start removing the arms. And now you're down to the head. And if the thing is still moving, that's when you remove the head. Um, it was oh, one of those God. games where you had to be very choosy on on where you would shoot the enemy because if you chose to attack the wrong body part first, the enemy could walk over and basically bitch slap you. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and that's where it got crazy. Like, and that's where uh, you saw some of like the the craziness, like in the second game where they decided to go even a step further and they had the babies that were infected that had the tentacles that would come out of their back and shoot stuff at you. And they'd be bouncing all over the walls. People would be trying to shoot, like basically trying to shoot directly at the baby, not realizing that you had to basically take the tentacles off of its back just to basically weaken it. Otherwise it's just going to constantly be bouncing around shooting at you. That's fair enough. Okay. Our I know fear. it sounds that you're probably like, what the hell kind of game is this? And I, that's, that's what made dead space really, really unique was uh, just the, the fact that the developers wanted to create a very gritty style horror that had very, very different mechanics. Um, and the creature effects in that game, even being an Xbox 360 PS3 game at the time were very, very unique. That's fair enough. That is, it's uh, what's it called? Uh, it's in the horror style. It's not my the reason I haven't tried it is because it's a horror game, isn't it? Yes, it is a horror game for yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't, that's not my thing, but I'm, well, that's not... where, like, um, but it is a horror game, but there's just stuff like it's not just like constantly shoot the creature up and kill it. Like, there was an there's a boss in the game that periodically will appear and it's always chasing you and you finally get to this point where you're being frustrated that this thing literally follows you around the ship it breaks down walls it's chasing you you run into it every now and then and finally you get down into the engine room and you meet this thing for like this big giant final battle and it's not the concept of shooting it until it dies it's more along the lines of pissing it off and aggravating it and getting it to the 
the proper spot in the engine room for you to run over and flip the switch and engage the ba- the the they had a spare engine in the engine room and the concept is is you have to turn this thing on with the creature in front of it so that way you're basically going to incinerate this thing with the afterburners on the on the engine sounds good I keep yawning as well sorry no uh, i'm making what? you bored <laughs> no it's not that i'm just tired <laughs> oh come on you're only seven hours ahead of me so i mean uh, it makes it nine quarter, quarter past after nine ten. for you it's quarter past ten quarter past ten yeah i thought you were but, oh you're eight hours ahead now yeah freaking daylight savings time yeah but no it's uh it should be interesting uh the remake but yeah it's um dead space one emboss is awesome oh that's not me saying that. That's, that's, that's... Well, that wasn't the end boss. That was dead. I, I, the, what I described was not the end boss, just to put it out there. Oh, okay. Fair enough. See, I don't, I'm not trying to spoil the game. It was, he's more like a, a mini boss that just appears every now and then until finally you just get pissed off and you're like, what the hell do I have to do? And finally, the game gives you the opportunity to finally to end that whole situation uh, just to find out that that wasn't even the main guy. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, so and but yeah, yeah. Uh, what you've been playing recently? I don't. I forgot to ask you that at the start of the show. If you've it, it was well, I added it, at it, you the other day on Twitter with a list of games I was playing. I I don't know if you ever responded. No, um, <clears throat> that was it. Sorry. I'm all over the place on gaming right now with what time I have. Like I've been dabbling in Devil May Cry, uh, Lego Star Wars. Obviously, keeping up with my Elder Scrolls Online. Um, let's see, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Oh, yeah, and WWE did. 2K. Yeah. No, sorry, I went back. You did the day ago, yeah. Saga, you put down obviously, you put down Elder Scrolls, WWE 2K22, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, uh, Devil May Cry, and this. Lego Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, Skywalker Saga. Mm-hmm. And you I'm need a- to try this, Shred- this Shredder's Revenge. Yes. I'm, I'm a fraud. I haven't tried Shredder's Revenge yet. I tried it once with uh, six people. It, yeah, it ca- crapped out. It did. But if six people on screen, it, yeah, I've got some footage. But it's, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't going to go on Twitter and do it because they're a little developer. They are. Do you know what I mean? They, 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 they'll, they'll fix them. They fix the game. They will definitely. They will, but it, it works. Just six people. It, it's difficult to play because, although it sounds cool, you all be different turtles. See, Luke was clever. He picked what one. He picked what's the big rat called? What's it called? Splinter. He picked Splinter because all the turtles look the same, and apart from April. They all look the same. So when you're fighting, when you're playing the game, regardless of what colour your turtles got dressed as, when they're all going at that speed and you're all together, you know, button mashing, yeah, you lose track of where your character is. Oh, I do. I was like, <laughs> what the f- is going on? <laughs> oh my god, I felt like that on the first match of WWE 2K I played because I was like, I'm going right for the Royal Rumble. And freaking, I didn't know that the game was going to drop a character like every 30 seconds. 
So by the time freaking 10 people are in the freaking ring, you're just like, where in Sam hell is Brock Lesnar? I can't see him. <laughs> I tell you what, I still have a point. You bring out WWE. Uh, AEW is meant to be making a, a, a game. They mm. are. They are meant I, to be I, making a game. They are. They're the, oh, man. There needs to be some polish on that. Woo! Oh. Has there been some uh, demos of it? And I've not seen. Oh, it. I've had, I've had, um, uh, you know, shout out to the blue one. Uh, he is a huge AEW fan. Whenever me and him chat, I'm always the WWE guy. He's always the AEW guy, and we have these great conversations. And he has sent me some screenshots of stuff yeah. he's found on the internet w- regarding the AEW game. And woo, man. Please put that back in the oven. That that needs a little time. My, I don't know, but by sounds of the, it, yeah. I'm just saying. I feel that with what, like with what WWE 2K did, because when you watch all the reviews, everybody tore down how 2K20 looked, and 2K20 looked pretty bad. Um, and it was so bad that I think that if I'm right, they skipped doing 2K21. They skipped it and they went straight to 2K22 and they did way better character models. And when you watch any review for WWE 2K22, they will all tell you that the character models look gorgeous compared to what was happening in 2020. And regretfully, it's like AEW took a step back and went to a. Uh, uh, that's a issue for me. Uh, took a step back, and they—it's uh, like some of the uh, the graphics of the game are resembling that that two that two K two twenty look. Really, uh, oh, okay. and, and or that two K twenty look, and that's where some people are like, "Whoa, I really hope AEW is able to somehow." This is just like a, an alpha or a pre or a beta. This is just. Uh, they really are they I'm, I'm hoping that the character models do not look like that on the final release of the product hopefully not hopefully not thank you i'm here yeah um yeah hopefully oh, let me see polished. if i can let me see if i can find what has been sent to me yeah hopefully it can find some polish obviously i'm sure it will before it comes out because they want these to do well and they've got to, it's got to be here it is more. here's a dev here's a Here's the dev update. I'm sending it to you right now. Okay. This was a month ago. Um, share. I it, It's like a small little thing. Yeah, it's a, like a 30-second video. Uh, that they wanted to show, like, the character, the character model for, like, um, Nyla Rose. Like, definitely, there's a... They're not... I I don't know how to describe it. It just feels like there, there, there could be a little bit more polish done on the character, at least on that particular character model. Now, keep in mind, we haven't seen the entire roster. No, it's not too bad, but yeah, it does need polish. I, 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 <laughs> That's why I'm like, it's not I horrible, was, but damn. Well, I was thinking it was going to be a lot worse than that. I was thinking like it's going to look like a 360 game. Then. That's one thing they at least they haven't got. But that's where it's not looking like 
uh, a, like a, a next, like a Gen Nine game. It looks more like a Gen Eight, like an Xbox One, PS4 game compared to something that would be possible on today's consoles. Um, and like that's where, um, you know, there's technically two different versions of 2K22. Um, and there is an Xbox One version and a Series X version of the game with obviously the velocity architecture and all the other stuff that goes with the series family of consoles. Yeah, definitely. There is. But yeah, it's uh, there's some interesting stuff coming up with with, it, with all this velocity architecture. You said I'm not very technical, you know, since I've watch people's videos. I still don't understand it when I talk it back. Unlike you. <laughs> so velo- like to understand what velocity architecture and what like what stuff like this is, and it's even the same on Sony side, most of these companies have proprietary ways of optimizing a game. Um, and when I and that's where proprietary means like uh, Xbox has come out and said that they have proprietary compression algorithms to help compress some of this data into more of a, a usable size for some of these consoles. And yeah. that's what, and the, the whole concept of being proprietary are, these are in-house techniques that are exclusive to, to the build of their ecosystem and their hardware that they use. And the velocity architecture happens to be one of those proprietary ways that Microsoft delivers the experiences that they do. Exactly. It sounds great. It does. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely does sound good. I'm not very technical people. If you're listening after the fact, I just know that it's going to look even better and better as the gen goes on. Hopefully. Right. And that's where but, like, to, to, to the problem is, though, if you do think about it, if you think about it, we're already we're nearly halfway through the gen if you think about it we're not we're not far off it are we far off from what we're not we're not very we're not when it's not long in so if you've so say when a lot of these games come out in 2023 2024 we will be halfway through the generation could we really say we're going to be halfway through the generation like i mean what like we can't even get Yes, we can't even get gen. I'm just gonna say we can't even get uh the higher end gen nine consoles, the PlayStation 5 or the the Xbox Series X on on retailer shelves reliably. Saying that though, I well that then that's that's a fact that is uh end of the day, you are right. Uh the gen could last longer, who knows. Yeah. Like I, I'm just curious yeah. on how long this 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 tech shortage we, of material bubble is I, going I, to last. I don't know if it's ever going to end the way it's going. I don't know. No idea. It's uh, don't know the answer to that question. I don't. UE five is a game changer for devs. Definitely true. Coalition at the forefront there. Have oh, to it's get a game. that. Have to it's get that game. in there. Well, UE5 goes way beyond. Oh, in um, movies. Yeah. Well, TV. it's going to be in movies, but it, like when you're like game changer for devs, uh, UE5 is going to make it easier for very, very small studios to create um, 
titles that would basically almost be on par with a triple a experience when it comes to the look and quality that could be potentially done because of like the, the 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 tool set that they give in unreal engine 5 to quickly build in an environment that's uh rendered procedurally so that way uh, a developer can spend more time on character de- uh, character model development yeah yeah it's, it'll, be, it'll be good it definitely will be i'll give dreadpool a shout out he's put <laughs> hashtag dreadites on twitter want to see a couple want to see a couple surprised millennials talk about games and stuff check out stubs and centurion on plastic platforms <laughs> <laughs> oh god no i miss you being on gbtv uh for a bit but but wilmy hood's got to get better definitely oh, shouts, yeah. shouts to wilmy yeah wilmy's getting but getting better every day that's good to hear. And also, can shout outs to Miss Looper. I'm hoping all went well. When I'm hoping she makes a good recovery. Um, she's not been too well recently. I'm hoping Miss Looper does very well. Good friend of mine and the, and the whole community. Oh, yeah. Assassin Looper. Yeah, my... Looper. I call her Miss Looper. I've it's I've had Looper. the honor of conversating with her in the past. Um, and I still remember, uh, I was in a party chat and everybody had left the party chat except for assassin Lupa and me and her just sat there and chatted for like an hour, hour and a half. And, and and I mean, like when I sit back and, and look at the memories that I have made over doing this YouTube journey and the people I've met during it, assassin Lupa would definitely be one of those stories that I would, I would reflect back on in my own mind. Oh yeah. She's a lovely lady. Looper is. So I'm hoping she does well. Um, she's yeah. I'm a bit worried about her, Anne, but I'm sure she'll be fine. She will. But, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sure she, I'm sure she'll do well. She will. But yeah, lovely lady's always got time for you. She has. Yes, definitely. Was- definitely one of those people that would help kind of talk you off the edge of whenever you're having those thoughts of just like, you know, negativity. And, you know, she's one of those people to really help to help kind of put things into perspective for you. Oh, no, she definitely is. That's very true. It is one of the community's finest. She is and hope to hear from her soon. Yep, that's true. She is the one that sent me my 4K TV. She is. I just paid the shipping and she had a spare TV, so she gave me it. She's a lovely lady. I just sent her the money for the for the shipping and she shipped, shipped me a spare one that was in a spare bedroom. Not lovely lady. She she is. Uh, so uh man, you're gonna talk about Elden Ring? Have you played Elden Ring yet? It wasn't about Elden Ring, you just um I've not played Elden Ring. No, it's just that the, the it's nothing to actually really talk about. It's just the fact that um, the Elden Ring developers from software announced they've got multiple pro- new projects coming. That was all, and that they've got a game at the, at the uh, last stages of development that will be revealed sooner or later. Well, with and, everyone, uh... and everyone's saying it's of everyone's presuming it's going to be. Uh, this game called Armored Core, but no one actually knows. 
we probably might see it at the end of the year at the video game awards because I remember uh at the game awards they had Jeff Keeley really hyping Elden Ring and also they had like the little anima the robotic little thing that w- drove out and handed him something um on stage so I could probably see him wanting to probably keep that relationship going with its software. Oh, definitely. Definitely could, but I've never played Elden Ring. It's on um, my radar, but I need to first, I need to first like unwrap and play Sicero. That's fair enough. That is, that's fair enough. But that no, wasn't a major topic at all. It's uh, just, just mentioning it. That's all. But yeah, thanks for popping in everyone. I'm going to. It's going to take me. It's going to take me a while, Jamie, to get used to your new name. Why do you have to change to something like that? Change it back to Telegonic. That was so easy. I learned that. It's like when I thought, well, that when Masuku started coming in the chat for Midweek Gaming. It took me ages to learn how to say his name. He did certain people's names. But yeah, just oh, yeah. T- change it back to Telegonic. No, I'm kidding. But yes, thanks for popping in, everyone. But yeah, it's um, it's been a fun show. But yes, um, Sonic Frontiers. Oh God! I, I, know, I know we mentioned it, but Where's the my stick? Yeah, but the developers came out and like damage controlled the game. You don't get it. You just don't understand what we're trying to do with an open world. I haven't got word for word, but they literally came out and damage controlled the game, saying that people. I haven't got a clue what they're talking about, and uh, it's going to be an amazing game. You just don't understand what we're trying to do with it. <sighs> I hate just... to bash games like that, but because I, I like Sonic, but damn, that's a bland open. Well, a bland. The water looks good in the background. That's about it. <laughs> but I've never seen developers like that come out and try and defend their game that badly. You obviously uh, haven't been keeping up with Blizzard. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. I, try, I, I don't keep up. No, I, I don't. I don't look at all. The Blizzard stuff. pretty much came out and said uh, Diablo Immortal is pay to win. Oh, that. Oh, sorry. Yes, I did see something about someone paid twenty seven thousand dollars or twenty twenty thousand oh. dollars for something in the game. Stupidly, well, so on purpose or something. I don't know. Um. Yes, on purpose. It was on purpose. Um, the gentleman, uh, I don't. I deleted all the articles off. He was a famous streamer uh, from New Zealand. He spent about twenty five thousand dollars in their money, which was about sixteen thousand oh, dollars American. Makes sense now. Um, and that was to get these. Uh, that was to get these. Uh, these gem. These five star gems that you got to get your hands on. And everybody thought it was a joke when you said these five star gems literally have a one in 2000 drop rate that those are horrible, horrible, horrible odds. I mean, would you go out and buy a scratcher ticket for $2 that had a one in 2000 win rate? I mean, like literally, Oh my God. Um, the, there was a, so the streamer went off and spent all this money. Um, and that's the funny part is they did it just to uh, see if they could um, basically get this five-star gem. And yes, he spent approximately, again, $25,000 New Zealand, $16,000 American uh, to get one gem. And when he got this gem, 
he deleted his character and his account. He didn't use the gym. He didn't attempt to. And that's the other thing is you're going to get a lot of duplicates and all this other stuff. Uh, if you get these objects out of certain loot boxes, they're binded to your account. If you get these objects out of a different kind of loot box, you can sell it to somebody and actually make some money off this object. I mean, like it's a very, there is a good game underneath this. That's the sad part is every video I've watched, every person I've listened to says the first 20 hours of this game are amazing. After 20 hours, I mean, that's when the, the microtransaction wall hits and it basically fundamentally cripples your experience with the game. And the and and I guess the way this game tries to get you to spend money is absolutely egregious. You could be simply walking along and uh, and open up a treasure chest and you'll get one object. And then the game is like, hey, there's stuff. There's other stuff in the box that you could have if you pay a fee. But you have a phone, Centurion, don't you? Huh? But you have a phone, don't you? Oh, I have a phone. Yeah, it's the other thing. I've no, got you, a phone. You don't get the reference, or do you get the reference? You got oh, a phone. I get the reference. I get yeah. Years I get ago, a BlizzCon. But you got a phone. You got a phone, and the worst thing they could have ever done was oh, saying that to them. <laughs> you got a phone, don't? You? But anyway, so let's just get this out there. If you stubs, anybody listening, anybody that hears my voice later on in life listening to this podcast, don't go and spend your money on Diablo Immortal just to see if it's that bad. If you are absolutely curious, on deck, just go onto your Google search engine and type in Rift Simu R-I-F-T, Rift Simulator Diablo Immortal. And it will take you to uh, basically over to Dextro.com. Uh, hold it. Nope. That's the company that's actually advertising it. Hold on. Oh my gosh. I got to bring it up. But basically a guy came in and decided to make, um, God, I have it. The website. Yep. Here it is. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, simulation that a developer went and created on the internet. Um, you can go on to like Google and look up some of the articles. Just type in Diablo Rift Simulator. Go on to one of the news, the the game, the the blogs or whatever that talk about it, and they obviously have it linked because it's actually done on GitHub. And to understand oh, okay. what to get to understand what GitHub is, GitHub is like a repository for programming language. So like when you click on this thing and it takes you into GitHub, it's going to bring a simulation of a slot machine onto your computer screen. I'm staring at it right now. And they have this really cool thing uh, where literally it calculates the cost of a five of a five out of five star gym. And we'll start the simulation right now. And basically, uh, since I have clicked the button, the 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 slot machine has already spent over a thousand dollars. We're already at fifteen hundred. We're about to hit two thousand. It's doing it that quickly, and so far the simulator has spent almost three thousand dollars since I've been speaking, and it has still not brought up a five star gem. You're able to go on and see this uh, in real life if you want, and you're even able to play with the simulator. A lot of streamers have actually started turning to the simulation rather than giving blizzard any more money um because it, it is absolutely egregious and just going on to see if it happens um and giving them money is basically making the problem worse and yep the simulator finally ended at 
uh, it would spend $25 per roll. So $25 per loot box. Um, and I have just wow. successfully spent $7,125 to get my first five-star gem. Wow, that's crazy. Yes. Welcome so, to Ax- Axel. He says, fuck that game. <laughs> but it's, that's what I've been saying. But if you ever want to see how bad it is, this guy went in and made a simulation. Um, because when you have when you have systems like this in place, you have to declare your drop rates. It's actually... Yeah, it's pretty much how gambling works. If you flip over at least any scratcher ticket here in the United States, in China now, isn't it? They've huh? banned, they've banned Di- I believe they've banned Diablo Immortal in in, in China now. It's been banned. in China now. It was banned in Germany and uh, I think like Norway or. They should ban it. Ban it here, but the UK never seems to do anything about gambling in games. Exactly. That, but this is full blown gambling. Uh, at this point and it's interesting that diablo immortal the the developers over at diablo immortal at least the game director uh may have finally came out and just flat out admitted that the game is for sure absolutely pay to win and this has me kind of concerned man you know there there's a lot of great ip under the the blizzard banner uh, I know a lot of people that I'm friends with. A lot of people that I listen to on YouTube are huge Diablo fans. And to see Blizzard completely bastardize the Diablo franchise with microtransactions this egregious is absolutely insane and and very, very detrimental to the gaming industry. Um, and it makes me concerned for other games that are at least under the bl- the Blizzard banner. I don't want to say all of Activision. We'll just talk about Blizzard. But, you know, look at how, like, Overwatch. They're getting ready to put Overwatch into the free-to-play model. Is this is this going to be what Overwatch looks like? Are we going to have nah, literally, are we going to have $50 character skins on freaking, on Overwatch? No, nah, I don't think it'd be that bad. They have a big player base. I, I don't think. That- I don't think they're cock overwatch that much. They, right, they will but, have, will have to, but they won't go as far as that. So the only reason why I bring this up is earlier you said that Microsoft likes to play around with microtransactions. They do. Yeah, they do. I, they do. Not, but they're, they're not to this extreme because I extreme believe they, level. And that's the I other believe thing. they have got a policy. Some I, I heard. Oh, they do. Yeah, it's called it's called the it's called the Microsoft loot box policy. You can actually go on the internet right now. And look at the Microsoft loot box policy. Um, hold on. Xbox. So I do moan about them, but they they won't go to, well, I hope they won't go to that extreme. Microsoft Studios loot box policies. Okay. Rule one. Players always receive fair value. Um, every... Uh, Players will receive uh, fair val- will receive fair minimum value for all loot box pos- purchases in our games. Every loot box will provide a virtual item that has in-game worth or equal value to or greater than the amount paid. The second one is where it's going to be really interesting because keep in mind, Activision is being potentially bought by Microsoft. We see what's going on right now with Activision Blizzard. We know how egregious some of these microtransactions can get, especially with loot boxes in their games. Rule two about game studio, the Xbox game studios, loot box policies, items in loot boxes. And this is in bold 
items and loot boxes can always be earned through gameplay. All items available through paid loot boxes in our games will also be available through unpaid that, opportunity so by gameplay. So that's true, right? And um, that is that's very it, interesting considering Gears some of these five, games. Gears Five broke that. Uh, oh, Gears Four yeah. broke that uh, because I, I want about the specific skins where they they done the esports skins, and you had to actually buy them with money. They weren't a lot of money, but you couldn't actually earn them. But they, but most of it you can earn now. But yeah, so they don't always do it. Well, that's it. like I don't know. Maybe we don't know um, if by some chance. Let's look at it like Gears Five. Um, we don't know if this policy was in place by the time oh, before true. after, yeah. because we know because of EA, FIFA, and other games that there was definitely a huge issue with uh, uh, loot boxes potentially being gambling. So this could be something that was implemented after all of that. And micro, like you said, now in gears, there is a way to earn a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And that's something that they may have course corrected on. And I'm really interesting if they're going to course correct Activision, because I can only speak out of my own experience because, you know, we were talking earlier, you know, is Bethesda, you know, Everybody still refers to Bethesda as Bethesda, even though oh, Xbox owns Bethesda. I think I always will. I think they should keep Bethesda separate from Xbox forever. I don't think they should ever merge them. Well, Bethesda I like the idea known... of uh, Phil Spencer transitioning into his position of the director of of, of like Xbox Game Studios or whatever, or basically... Yeah. Microsoft Gaming. In other words, these are going to be separate departments. You're going to have the lead of Bethesda, the lead of Activision, the lead of what was Microsoft Game Studios with Double Fine and Undead Labs and Compulsion. Um, that's where I think they're going to take the approach of Embracer. We all know Embracer Group loves to buy gaming developers and gaming publishers, but once they buy them, it's like Embracer essentially disappears back into the into the darkness, and that game studio is still left standing and publishing under the name that it's been known for. Exactly, you're right. Um, but like I was <coughs> wow. saying, speaking from my own experience with a Bethesda game with Elder Scrolls Online, I know Bethesda was only the publisher. Zenimax was the developer. Zenimax is actually the arm that Bethesda uses to basically create a lot of their online MMOs. Um, that's why I was completely fooled when I thought they were doing Fallout 76, that Fallout 76 was going to function a lot like Elder Scrolls Online, and boy, was I freaking wrong. Um, but going to Elder Scrolls Online, um, when Microsoft bought Bethesda in late uh 2019 or what was it 2020 i can't i don't even know at this point it's all blending together um all i'm getting at is shortly thereafter a few months after it came out that because of microsoft's purchase zenimax had to incorporate an in-game currency an earnable in-game currency into elder scrolls online and they called it the endeavor system 
and you basically perform uh, certain daily tasks and weekly tasks in exchange for Endeavor credits. And as you gain these Endeavor credits, you can actually go in and buy specific items out of the loot boxes. You don't have to go in and participate in the loot box system. If there is one object in that loot box that you want, you can go grind your butt off for Endeavor points and get that one object and never have to participate in the loot box role. How but, dare they do that? Right. Well, now this is where, <laughs> now this is where obviously there was a system already in place. Yes, I sometimes participate in it because I don't go out and buy lotto tickets. I don't buy scratcher tickets. Uh, to me, you know, I grew up around a parent that spent a lot of time at a casino. So to me, the act of actually gambling is meh to me. Um, and but for me, yeah, I love to get like to get my jollies off buying a loot box every now and then on Elder Scrolls Online. They call them crown crates. Uh, you can buy one crate or you can buy them in groups of five, 10, 15, uh, whatever floats your fancy. And if you don't like the items that come in your loot boxes, you can roll them over into what they call crown gems. And as you accumulate crown gems, you can go in and buy specific items out of these out of these loot boxes. If there was like something you really wanted, you can literally roll, keep rolling over your loot boxes into these crown gems. But that's where it gets expensive and a little stupid, in my opinion, because sometimes you could buy a five of set a five set of these loot boxes and walk away with maybe 20, 30 crown gems. And when the object you want is 400 crown gems, now you've got an obscene dollar amount. Definitely. Definitely have. But yeah, at least it's earnable. Right. But don't even now, now the Endeavor system, what was 400 crown gems, which is, technically a, a currency that you accumulate from actually spending real real world money that 400 crown gem item is now six thousand endeavor points wow That's, and and wow. i mean if you're good at doing endeavors yeah you can make a couple hundred points a week but you're gonna definitely be spending a good two three month period of time probably uh gathering the endeavor points that you want Wow, oh, that's, uh, that's too much for me. That's too, and, that's too much. and that's where, right. yeah, it gets pretty. And that, and now keep in mind, the objects in these crown crates are also timed objects. They're seasonal. A season can last anywhere from two to three months. So if you don't grind your butt off in time to get that many endeavor points, you're now. If you really, really want that object, you're basically put in the position of. Well, it's time to go into the the lottery of basically trying to roll in these loot boxes, and I'm gonna be upfront. There has been times I've bought a loot box, and I was literally, um, it completely blew my mind on one loot box. I just randomly bought a loot box. This was like a few months ago, just for fun. I bought one loot box, and this thing literally dropped. Not legendary, but they they have legendary, and then above legendary, yeah. they have what is called apex items. Out of one box, it dropped two Apex items. That is the that is the most rewarding loot box I have ever been given in Elder Scrolls Online. And I have been playing that game for years. And I got this loot box probably pff, six, nine months ago. They're like, hmm, Centurion's account. He's been playing it for years. Let's give him, let's give him a present. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. but that's where that's yeah. one of those yeah. things where I only buy them every now and then. Um, and that's because the uh, the there is a subscription side to Elder Scrolls Online, and part of your subscription they give you uh, in they give you uh, crowns once a month. They give you one thousand seven hundred and fifty yeah. crowns at the beginning of every month, and a five stack of loot boxes is fifteen hundred crowns. So sometimes when nothing in the store interests you, you can either bank these points and hold on to them to the next month and wait for something that interests you. Or if you're bored or perhaps a little drunk, you could buy a five stack of loot boxes and just see what happens. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But you play it a lot, don't you? So it's, it's... I, lo I love playing it with friends. That, that's why I was like, if you ever wanted to join us, I mean, it's more along the lines of just getting together with friends. And like when, when we're really playing the game and having absolute fun, uh, we'll have King of none uh, being like the map guy. Cause he has the, he'll have the map pulled up on his computer or his tablet at home. And some of these dungeons have multiple bosses and multiple collectibles. And you'll have a guy that will pull up the map uh, to help basically guide us through the dungeon. Um, and that's where everybody has like a little bit of a role to play, like to fight some of these, to fight some of these bosses, you need to bring a friend of yours that can play a healer. Then you have to have somebody who's a tank that can um, distract, basically be the main concentration for that boss. So that way yeah. they can aggro them. And then that's where you have the other guys come in that are just there to deal out damage. And it's more like a cooperation thing of being able to go through these dungeons and complete them. Some of these dungeons have gotten me rare achievements that have like the one that blew my mind was when it had a 0 0.05 unlock rating for the achievement. That's so that out of all the people that have played Elder Scrolls online over the years, only 0.05% have even gotten that achievement. Wow. That's crazy. That is. That's the fun side of ESO is being able to be like, yo, I was able to do something in this game that literally barely anybody has done. You're doing well. You have. But that's where I say when you have the right group of friends, um, and I'm not saying that Elder Scrolls is trash. This is just the, the, the statement I'm making. When you have the right group of friends, you can make the most trash dumpster fire of a game absolute fun. Yeah, that's, that's true. It is, definitely is. I don't play uh, often with multiplayer, but you, 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 you can be right. I have got ESO downloaded, actually, on, on my console. I have. See, that's yeah. where, and now that's one of the things that's really hard about ESO is they have a North American and a European server. I noticed that. And yeah, now that's, you, you would have to, you would have to build your character in the North American server just to play with us. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to take my character out of the European server and go play with my American buddies today. It, it does not allow you to move between the two servers. Oh, okay. Basically, your character is bound into that server. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Probably wait. The game's built, though, to be fair. See, that's right. a game I want to get into, like Disturbium just said. I want to get into Outriders. I, I, I'm... I, I bought... I, dude, I bought that game. It is Fuck still... In, 
Fucking huh? wannabes, fucking cop. Oh. Gears wannabes. People kept telling me. <laughs> they kept telling me. This is like Gears. I'm like, no, it's not. I tried, I tried it. It's not like Gears at all. You lied to me. But they were they, trying to it, get you to play, but, saying it was like Gears? Oh, no, I have played it. Originally. No, but is that what was told to you, just to get you to play? Yeah. But it's because they made Gears of War Judgment. Um, and they nicked, they've nicked a bit from Gears of War. They have, uh, do you know the Hammer of Dawn in the Gears of War? Mm-hmm. There's a Hammer of Dawn in Outriders. They've changed they the name. Call it they've, the Hammer of Dawn? Nope, they've just changed the name, but it's literally the same weapon. It blasts out of the sky. It comes down like a Hammer of Dawn. It's the same fucking thing, but they've you know, just changed it. I can't really fault a game developer for wanting to do something like that. Because I'm sorry, the Hammer of Dawn is a really cool concept. It's a really cool game mechanic. The thought of being able to control a weapon satellite in orbit when the cloud cover is just right. Um, I've always jokingly said, you know, when people are sitting there like, oh, that game's a ripoff. It's just copying this guy. And it's like, okay, cool. So that means anytime a game developer puts a gun in a game, you're just ripping off the first game ever that had a gun in it. Oh no, but that, no. All I meant was it's the fact that they they did they, they did make Gears of War games. That's all. I didn't. That's, I, I didn't. That's all I meant. No, I was just saying. Like I'm. Yeah. I didn't see the Hammer of Dawn thing, so that's where I'm going to have to check will, that part I out. I will find the clip for you. My mate clipped it because he's a Gears YouTuber. See, um, I was going to get into that game hardcore. Um, at the time, I was uh, uh, chatting a lot with Lord Cognito. And when I saw that literally he got his character wiped because of a bug, I was like, yeah, F that. I I don't know how I would feel putting so much time into a character just to open it up and find out that all your gear and everything is gone. Well, I remember he's he's disturbing in chat, yeah? Probably saying it wrong, but he was then called Telegonic. And he was hardcore into Outriders. I'm sure it was him. And he lost everything. Or he he was pissed for a while. It took him a while to calm down. Because he loved the game. That was it. He got wiped, wiped at level 50 on, on Outriders. He was... Few, he, I don't ever... It looks like he's calmed down because he's going back to it tomorrow. It's, he's, he's saying. So. The closest I have ever gotten to that, and it's actually a little bit of a tri- trivial thing compared to having that, was Mass Effect Andromeda. I There's an achievement on Mass Effect Andromeda called 100%. It's for 100%ing the game. Yeah, okay. I, was, I enjoyed that game, and I had played so much of it, I knew that achievement was there, and I was trying to get this achievement and I had a bad feeling because there was a there was a glitch in one of the missions in the game, a bug, and I was not able to do the mission. And I kept playing the game, and I was like, they're going to patch it, they're going to patch it, they're going to patch it. It's okay, it's okay. Well, the patch came out, and rather than fixing the mission, they got rid of it. Damn. Wow. And I... And and whatever reason they did not patch the achievement, they did the the achievement did not know that 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 you could not go back and do that mission. And I basically 
the hours and time I I wasted to 100% that game were all for nothing. Oh, that's crazy. That's terrible. That is. But yeah. It's terrible what games do that. Yes. But yeah. It's been a good show tonight, Centurion. It's time's gone gone by quick. Been oh, wait, you don't want to stay up longer? You don't want to see the sunrise? No. <laughs> I don't. I done nearly a three-hour show last night. It was it was meant to be about two hours. It ended up being nearly three hours. It really did. That was a fun one though. But yeah, it's been fun tonight. Yeah. Oh fun. yeah, it's been fun, man. It's been a great it's been a great distraction. I, I, I love our Monday conversations. And it will be in two weeks' time on Centurion's channel. I will try and make sure it happens. So it'll be two weeks from now, so, not three weeks. Hmm. <laughs> I like that more eighties movie chat, dude. If we we could definitely plan a show one day where we sit here and talk about 80s movies, I could sit here and go all day long on development cycles for Star Wars, uh Nightmare on Elm Street, all sorts of stuff. I I really love the movie industry. I re- I feel like I missed my calling to go into the movie industry as like a, as part of the the guys that help the magic happen, not the person in front of the camera. I wouldn't know what to say. <laughs> if I was on that chat. You'd have to invite Dreadpool or, or or Disturbium on. You don't have any. You don't have any favorite movies. Not from the eighties, no. The Turtles movie was cool when I was a kid. Man, see, that's the only thing, man. I love going back in time on Hollywood. I wouldn't. I have gone back and watched all the James Bonds in order, all the way back to like it was like nineteen something, like with Doctor No. That now that the very first. James Bond movie, Doctor No. That that is a major step back in in movie his, in movie making history. Okay, okay. But yeah, thanks Centurion for doing this. It's been fun. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Uh for those who have uh, enjoyed uh, listening to me talk way too much today, if you want to hear me talk way too much on my channel, you can find me at Centurion One Three Hundred Seven on YouTube. I'm also on Xbox Live and Twitter at Centurion One Three Hundred Seven. You can also find me every Sunday night on the TXR podcast with the amazing Invader Gaming as the host, and you can also find me every Wednesday on Gaming Beyond the Box with the absolutely awesome and hardcore Wilmy Hood. Yes, we're on a little bit of a hiatus. It will last about four weeks, but we will be back. And you can also find me right here almost every other Monday, right with Stubbs Gaming on Plastic Platforms. Thanks, Centurion. It's been fun. Uh, you can find me on this channel and at Stubbs Gaming. And you can find me on Plastic Platforms in two weeks. Midweek Gaming is on a summer hiatus, and I'm going to be bringing it back about... Uh, it's probably September time, and then we're back again. Uh, Midbrook Gaming will be. But yeah, having a bit of a break from it. But yeah, thanks for coming on, everyone, and uh, see you soon. And thanks, chat and Telegonic. I'm going to keep calling you until I learn this new name. You can say it's in Turin, can't you? Huh? You can say his name, can't you? Disturbia. Disturbium, 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 Disturbium. I have to practice that name, Disturbium. Right, thanks, uh, Darren, Pixel Slapper, everyone that's been watching. Appreciate it. We'll see you all soon. Thanks, everyone.